let's be honest, I can't do small talk, so let's get deep. Welcome to the Into Me I See podcast, where we talk candidly about the human experiences and the intimacies of being you. Oh my gosh, we're back. We back in that <laughs> building. I cannot believe it. We're back. Season two, Into Me, I See. Hi, George. We have a second season? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm so happy to be back here. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think it's been great to have that time apart and that time away. I vividly remember, like, when we made the announcement. Yeah. I just, I think I was filled with, like, embarrassment and shame. I was like, oh, we're not seeing this through. And then now that we're sitting back here, yeah. I realize how important it was. I mean, I'll speak for myself, mm-hmm. but how important it was for me to step away. And we're going to get into that today. Yeah, yeah. But just absolutely delighted to be back here with you. Yeah, and I'm actually, that's funny you say that, that feeling of like, ah, oh, this feels like it's coming to an end. Mm. We don't really have the whole, you know, road trip or road map, everything mapped out, but I think, that gap of time mm-hmm. to just live life and yeah. just only do that yeah, um, is going to, you know, make this season a lot better. It's going to make, in my opinion, like our focus on ourselves a little bit better too. But yeah, we got this is a short amount of time. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. So you know? actually it's been six months. Six months. Since we were recording here. It's been six months time, which is crazy because I feel like it's flown by. It's but it's also there's a lot of stuff that has happened, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are back for season two. That being said, we do have a little housekeeping. So we want to be back for season two and we want to do a full season of 18 episodes. We have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And we also need our listeners' help. We're so excited that they're back listening, or if this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. This it's going to get real. George and Allison, it definitely gets <laughs> real. Um, and we are going to do a crowdfunding campaign um, to get help from our listeners. Listen, we're not trying to like make money on our podcast. I'll be real. Like yeah. This is just a very honest passion project for us. Yeah. And we love our studio. We love our studio manager. Shout hey. out. She's the best. Yeah. Um, but that takes our resources, right? right? So give us your money. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can you can be the salesman because that's not that's not me at all. I like really don't have the sales bone in my body. I'm like, uh any extra spare cash, you know what I'm saying? It's hard that, to ask. You know, like wow, no, really- I, I think it's I think for us it's like we want to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think just give it our best, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, like you said, it's a definitely a, a passion project for us, something that we didn't even really think that was possible. And then here we are doing it. Totally. And, you know, in my opinion, I think we're doing really well for yeah. um, just getting started to the into this and also keeping, like, our standard. We want to make sure we're delivering quality. So yeah. um, we really appreciate all the support, any support yes. um, that any of you can give us. So. So the details will be in the show notes and um, on the top of our Instagram page. So our Instagram is into me, I see underscore podcast. There's a link right there. Please go check it out. If you can't contribute financially, which <laughs> George, George will it's be It's okay. This, yeah, it's okay. It is definitely okay. Um, but just give us a shout out or follow us on social media. Again, we would really appreciate that. And that's all the sales pitchy I have in me. I can't. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Okay. Okay, so six months ago, mm-hmm. whew, 
I I was down bad, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think what's really interesting about reflecting back at that time is I just didn't know really how bad it was. Um, I think I operate very high functional. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy for the people around me because I, again, I'm, it's very difficult for me to ask for help. It's very, yeah. I really don't let a lot of people in my internal world. Like yeah. if you are in my circle, my circle is a handful of people. Yeah. And if I don't let you in, I will be functioning at, at a, at a level that you probably don't, that you're not privy to what's going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had had these feelings of my life just wasn't working. And that sounds like really heavy and it it felt really discouraging to me. I think we had gone through the first big round of COVID mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things that coming out of that, I think we all felt changes yeah, for sure. um, to our values, what was going on in society. Um, I had been living in a horrible living situation. My apartment complex was literally causing so much traumatic energy to me. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. my home has to be my safe space. Yeah. I have to feel like I am recuperating there. I have to feel safe. It has to be calm. And it was none of those things. And it yeah. was also like incredibly jarring. Yeah. Um, I think LA in general was also wearing on me. Mm. I think I find it very um, – it's hard to go out in public here. Yeah. I tend to be a kinder person person than mm -hmm. I would say the general population here. I mm -hmm. like manners. Um, <laughs> phrases like excuse me and yeah. um, uh, pardon me or you know thank you yeah. uh, are part of my normal vocabulary. Right. Not so much here. It's Not like... so much here. And it, it really just started to weigh on me. Mm -hmm. um, also, I was like I, I wasn't drinking a lot, but I definitely was using going out as a um, a way to just forget about stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that got just to a place that I just didn't really like the decisions I was making. I didn't mm. like how alcohol was making me feel. Um, I couldn't stand to be hungover. Like I was hungover for like two days and it just like, like what are you supposed to do with life? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think also, and this was kind of, I was already making these changes. So I had had this plan that I was going to leave LA okay. and I'd packed up my apartment. I'd put it in storage and I didn't know necessarily what was going to happen. Yeah. And I just kept following that instinct that I needed to kind of like shut it down and like clear my slate. Yeah. And now I've had this beautiful time of six months to to analyze that. But in that moment, six months ago, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. And if you if you listen to the episode with Abigail Eyre, the tarot card reader, she had talked about this for me. And she's like, you're going to go experience a lot of different things and we'll get into that. Yeah. But it definitely was this feeling of I just can't be here and it isn't working. Mm. I think that's well first of all like that's awareness on a different level. Yeah. Because I think a lot of folks they would especially you know moving to a place like LA there's a lot of pressure to make that move successful and to seem like you're having a good time here. Yeah. And to seem like things are going your way. And 
to have that moment of like, well, no, actually things aren't going my way. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable here. Actually, I need to make a change. Um, for some, you know, they're, for whatever reason, it could be you're not, you know, financially ready to do that. Um, there, there is a career kind of situation that's keeping you in one location, uh, and then you're not able to give yourself the space mm-hmm. to deal with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, I remember when you were telling me about this, I just kept thinking to myself, well. This sounds very heavy, mm-hmm. and I hope you're, you know, you're intentional in, t- in terms of giving yourself the, the one, the the grace mm-hmm. to just, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's. I know you're profes- perfectionist. I'm determined, yes. Get it right the first time. Yeah. High A-plus quality. Yeah. And that's that's also a lot of pressure. A lot right? of pressure. And if you, once you're able to see, okay, this quote-unquote pressure isn't really helping me in my life, and I need to... Um, take a step back, mm-hmm. right, and just look at things and assess things so that I can be more like myself. Yeah. And I was on this, like, roller coaster that I felt like I just, like, couldn't get off of. And I was mm. like, enough is enough. I'm I'm, I'm just not doing this anymore. Um, I think ultimately, too, the, the really big tipping point as I was making all of these changes to leave L.A., there was an egregious betrayal from someone that I really cared about. Mm -hmm. And that was so destructive to all of the things that I was trying to navigate and incredibly painful. And when I say betrayal, I mean, when I said inner circle, Mm -hmm. it's those people who I give my heart to, who I give, I mean, I feel like that you know this about me, but like, I, you call me any time of the day, yeah. I've, I've got you. But I give that attention and I give that care to the people around me who I think really deserve it. Right. And that is very vulnerable of me. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it very often. So when I do it, I I really have this like this ask of like take good care of me. Yeah. Take good care of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think what happened from that fallout is like I also tried to lean on another person who just wasn't able to show up for me. So it was this like domino effect of like honestly my world just felt like it was falling apart. And I was just so – I was so exhausted and I was so – like I had lost like my passion for life. And I think that that's such a hard thing for me to – relate to because I'm such a passionate person. Like I literally feel like one of my best qualities is like my vivaciousness. Like I always am like, yeah, yeah. Like positivity, like what, what's going on? Like, and, and it really, like I've, I've was able to, you know, go into my therapist. I was like, I don't recognize myself Mm. because I'm usually the one who always has goals, who, you know, wants to go and do these big things. I've done a lot of things in my life that I'm so proud of, like Mm -hmm. big things. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. And I don't care. And that was really, really hard for me to recognize within myself. Wow. Yeah. Mm, Okay. So I have, I had the amazing opportunity, and I would say this is a very privileged place to be, but I packed up all my stuff. I put it in storage, and I went to my parents' vacation home in Arizona. Mm. And I remember, like, when I left L.A., I just remember this feeling of, like, resentment for this city. 
And that was like really heavy for me too because I yeah. I really love this city now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I literally like flicked it off in my rearview mirror <laughs> and I was like deuces, like I don't know what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, so like I had wiped the slate clean. I had you know. I would say, unfortunately, like really isolated myself. I didn't have any energy, right? And my nervous system was incredibly um, like deteriorated. Like everything I felt like reactionary to, and I was just really beat down. Mm. And I think this was definitely like the rock bottom. Like (laughs) it felt heavy, it felt sad, it felt lonely, it felt... um, I felt incredibly discouraged. Mm. Um, lots of alone time, lots of crying time. Um, my siblings are in Arizona, so it was great to just like go out to dinner and just be around people who don't expect anything from you. Yeah. Right. You can just you can kind of just sit there and yeah. you're like, at least I'm like out. Yeah. And like <laughs> and you can finally take a deep breath. Yeah, and... I don't think I was deep. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Not yet, but yeah. I think we had a few conversations at this point too. So like, what was like your perspective? I think, you know, like I said earlier, it was, it was good that you had this awareness. I had, I had a good amount of sadness. I was like, because again, I feel like when you first experienced LA, I was like, Hey, you got to make it out here. Come on. Like, it's going to be fun. Right. <laughs> like, like most people try to convince everybody to move. Um, but it's also hard here. And it's especially hard if you're doing it in a in an isolated situation where you don't feel like you have a mm-hmm. good support network. Um, and so I wanted to support you in any way possible, even if that meant, hey, you got to take a little break here, step away, mm-hmm. and don't put on any expectation to, like, I need to be back here by this yeah. time. Or, like, the focus here is take a step back and to kind of realize what's going on and give yourself that time and space because – unless you unplug you're just kind of just kicking it down the road and eventually it'll probably exactly. even get worse yeah. under different circumstances right um but i also remember that you know even though you know being around your family can be can be comforting but it can it can also be stressful especially if some of your family members aren't really able to like connect with you on like yeah. what's going on in life and things like that so it can kind of feel that isolating feeling again but i think the 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 main difference is, like you said, the pressure to be someone that you're not, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can truly be yourself and your family well, at the very least is going to accept you as such. And so, I mean, I, I was happy for you to get into an environment where you can like, again, like take a, and maybe not a deep breath, but mm-hmm. at least pause for a second. Yeah, it was definitely a pause. Like I vividly remember finally getting to their house and like my parents are so great. I'm so thankful for mm-hmm. them for just like hearing that I needed space and peace and like basically doing whatever they could to help me. But I vividly remember getting there and thinking, okay, now what? Like Mm. I had cleared everything out. I had cleared most of my friends out. I had cleared my life out, my, my apartment, like my life that I'd known for two and a half years. And there was nowhere for me to run. So in that space I had to confront all of the sadness and the anger and the frustration and all of those really icky emotions that mm-hmm. I think we are all trying to run from. Yep. And it was a really really like 
I wish I could go back to I have this like very vivid image of me just like sobbing on the couch and like for like hours and like not being able to stop and I wish that I could tell her like it's going to be okay mm-hmm. like it will get better mm-hmm. but like you honestly have to like feel this um because the changes that you want to make are on the other side of feeling this yes exactly and you know with like the betrayal I think what was so painful is I knew better mm-hmm. and it's almost that feeling of like I didn't show up for myself I didn't maintain my boundaries I didn't stick up for myself and like I allowed this to happen yeah. so it's almost like you like beat yourself up to mm-hmm. which is not the emotions I needed to be exactly in that's feeling. not the space you need to be in there but it's it's understandable yeah right especially when you have that standard for yourself yeah and and like the love that I give yeah. like I mean I'm an optimistic person I'm like it would like I I hope that the love that I give would come back to me mm-hmm. right and yep. like I feel like that's a pretty healthy normal human mm-hmm. want and need and you know something as devastating to as that with someone who was so fragile really just like ripped me open to my core mm. um and i'm just like so thankful for the people that like gave me the space but also checked in and like didn't make me feel obligated because i was already like doing so much work right i yeah, yeah. like i text my friend and i was like listen i'm going to i'm a really shitty friend right now like i can't give you anything mm-hmm, i don't mm-hmm. have any space i don't have like just know that i'm really having a hard time and mm-hmm. those people who let me have the space who showed up for me like obviously I, like we were just talking about this earlier, but I was going through my screen, my my screenshots or like my photos around this time just to kind of um, regroup for this episode on like where I was at. And one of the pictures that I have nine days after I left yeah. L.A. is you and I FaceTiming and I'm laughing so hard. We are like and I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah, it was it must have been something goofy because I also feel like. It was well. It was a deep conversation because I remember it was like emotional in the beginning, and then I feel like we were able to like laugh something off. I don't know if it was just like I was maybe I was probably talking junk about like where you were located or like or it was like some self-deprecating yeah. thing where I was like, "Wow, we're down bad." <laughs> <laughs> Shit is going down right now, and at some point you just gotta laugh at you know laugh at the pain. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I know that. I wanted to respect your space Mm -hmm. and, you know, check in on you. But this is that moment where, as a good friend, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to watch them, your friends struggle and Mm -hmm. watch them go through it and and, and just wish them the best because um, that's what you would expect, obviously, if you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And want to be able to tell the story like how is how is this going to end mm-hmm. right and at some point again right now it's heavy right now it feels like there's no really like light at the end of the tunnel so to speak but we know that if you do these work this work and if you continue down this path like think about the Allison that's going to come out at the other end yeah. and that's something that I think is so underrated um in the sense of you're dealing with something tough you're dealing with pain and that's all you can really see is kind of the blinders on but if you have a clear focus on, wow, after I get through this, think about how much more powerful I am. Think and I like, more. I think now I can, I can 
reflect and say, yes, that was the journey I was on. Mm -hmm. But even in those moments, it it did not feel that way. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where I was going to relocate to, if I was going to move. Like I really, when I say like clean the slate and it's such a privileged place because I know that not everyone can have that opportunity. Yeah. Like, and for me, it was like, I had to clean the entire slate and you know, okay, so we're down bad. We're down bad. <laughs> we're crying on the couch. Like I remember one time my brother and I went hiking and I think I made it like a quarter mile. And I was like, I can't finish this because I'm too exhausted. Like, mm. and hiking is like one of my- I was going to say, you, you're a hiker. Legit. Exactly. So anyway, we're down bad. But starting to, like I, one of the things that I really leaned to, into at this time was like my morning routine. Mm. And for me, that really included things like uh, these sound so basic, but like making my bed, mm-hmm. getting sunlight in the morning, drinking some water before I douse myself in caffeine, yep. you know? And so that was just like foundational for me to show up for myself, take good care of myself in the morning so that I could continue that energy going yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, and I would say that one of the things that really started to energize me Mm -hmm. and part of this like recuperating process was my friend Emily shout out Emily um Mm -hmm. she was on sabbatical and she was like hey do you want to go to Europe and I was like yes I absolutely do I'm a traveler one of my greatest joys in life is exploring parts of this world Mm -hmm. um and I had not been out of the country since 2019. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, and also I usually, I often travel by myself. And okay. I think I'm just kind of like done traveling by myself. That doesn't mean I'll never take any solo trips. Yeah. But yeah. like life is like one of the other things that I've realized very deeply is life is better for me when I can share it with someone. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm still not going to be an introvert and I'm yeah. still not going to be independent, but there is something so beautiful about sharing experiences with the people that are closest to you. For sure. For so when sure. she said, let's go to Europe, it honestly was this like ignition for me to have something to be excited about. Yeah, something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. and I dove into this. <laughs> I was planning my outfits I was like day by day, huh? Matter of <laughs> fact, you probably had the breakfast outfit, lunch outfit, dinner outfit. We had spreadsheets. We like she's also very type A, <laughs> and we had spreadsheets of reservations and and um like maps and places to go and like we just were dialed in because mm-hmm. I think we both really needed it. Yeah. We really enjoy spending time with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of those things that just was like, oh, that that feeling of like, oh, I can get excited about something. Yeah. So I I absolutely leaned into planning that. And I think what's also really important about this time is that in this recuperation stage for me, um, I also got to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. I got to spend, I went to Wisconsin and spent time with my family dog and I spent time with my niece and nephews mm-hmm. and just having that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went back to Minneapolis for the first time in like three years. Well, I went into the office for the first time. Mm, how did I, I feel? 
I cried when I got to the office mm. because I realized how isolating it's been to work remotely, work from yeah, home. For years, right? Since for COVID. Years. Yeah. And just the sense of community mm-hmm. and the people that you recognize and just the like normal conversations of like, oh my gosh, how are your kids? Like, I just realized that a community portion of me was really, really missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I was in my hometown, which was a whole other experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because also in this time, I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, if I don't go back to LA, where am I going? Yeah. And so I'm like kind of like trying these places. Like I I put Arizona on, like the Phoenix area on. Yeah. And like tried that on. I like went back to Minneapolis and I was like, I don't know, like, mm. do I want to come back here? Yeah. You know, that's that's my home, my home. Yeah. Yeah. And just like being places that I was familiar with, seeing some of my closest friends. Um, that was really interesting to have that comparison. Yeah. I was in New York for work for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um still a place I would never move to but (laughs) but, what were some of the the reasons or things about these places that didn't at least at this point when you kind of had some time to spend and focus on yourself mm -hmm. maybe had a clearer picture on where you're leaning what were the things that were like oh nope this is why I can't or yeah okay so Okay, no disrespect to anyone who lives in these places because I'm like happy for you to get real. Okay, so like let's just clear that. Okay. Um, (laughs) But for me, for Arizona, I like Arizona because of the hiking that you can do there. Yeah. It's just too damn hot. Yeah. Like it honestly. Something degrees every day. It's like, no. It's, and it's, like, although there's topography, like there is mountains, Mm -hmm. I just really like. LA and like how it's so like green and there's literally mountains and ocean yeah and just like the variety of the scenery yep like when I compare contrast I was like oh that's what I like about LA when I went to Oshkosh Wisconsin <laughs> I know <laughs> listen Oshkosh. is that where they made the, the kids clothes yeah. Oshkosh Bagosh <laughs> yeah what y'all know about that yeah I, but it's funny because I went up to like the I went up to a spa up in Green Bay and like it's right next to Lambeau Field and so like all of these like <laughs> I was like a diehard football kid I don't know mm, if you know that about mm, me mm. but I was like obsessed with the Packers oh, when I was in really yeah like obsessed that. yeah like when the okay <laughs> I'll say gotta give you a story gotta give you when the Packers won the Super Bowl in the '96 season yeah okay um. There was two TV guides that got released when they won. And one had Reggie White on it and one had Brett Favre. And I took my, like, huffy bike all around Oshkosh, Wisconsin because yeah. the Brett Favre one was sold out everywhere. Mm. So I got the Reggie White one. And then I went to, like, seven drugstores to get this, like, <laughs> Brett Favre TV guide. I didn't even read TV guide. Right, like, I, I needed like, the commemorative. What were you about to do with this TV guide? Okay. You know what I did with it? I made a commemorative box when the Packers won. And on the front of it, I put... You might be number four, but you're number one in my heart. Get out of here. What? <laughs> I was upset. <laughs> so it was like, Dang. but just okay. like being back there, kind of that like childhood whimsy and mm-hmm. like reconnecting with your inner child. I yeah. ended up getting pictures from my parents' um, picture books. Okay. When we used to print pictures, you know? Albums. Albums. Oh my God. Yeah. Albums. <laughs> <laughs> and just like looking at myself and. Yeah. Okay, this one's going to – just wanting to make her proud. Mm. 
and wanting her to be happy yeah and wanting yeah. her to like live her dreams and showing up for her so now in my apartment currently i have two pictures of my younger self mm. i think i'm like five age five um in five to seven in these pictures and i have them out because yeah. it's that daily reminder to like have her back yeah wow you know? that's so powerful mm -hmm. because again that daily reminder but I think if if we were just do a poll right now, how many people have ch pictures of their of themselves as kid in their home? Like, yeah, it's probably really low. Yeah, and I think that's part of why it's hard to have that daily reminder of like, look how far you've come. Remember mm -hmm. the good and fun things about yourself. Remember how um, you used to just not care. Like when I had baby pictures or like younger pictures, I made it a point I would not smile. You, know, you couldn't get a straight. George, like, let me pose. And I was just a fool. And I had a very similar experience going back home and seeing that. Mm -hmm. But it's that warm, like, oh, okay, I'm good. And, like, in my face, there's just so much hope and there's mm. so much purity. And I think that was the other thing, like, part of me felt like it kind of had died. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if it was ever going to come back. Yeah, yeah. And I think when I look at those photos, I see that that pureness and that love that I hope that I can continue to radiate. Mm -hmm. um, and it took work, right? Like also getting my nervous system in check, um, just like really taking care of myself. Mm. And like I said, my morning routine um, and and just getting calm. And um, what were some of the things that like helped you kind of get calm or, or I guess um, better regulate yourself? Yeah. Um, I would say that water was really important. Mm. So my parents have a pool. And so just being able to swim and then like showers and baths, I'm incredibly ritualistic with my baths. Mm. Um, and so, you know, lighting candles and just like treating yourself with care mm. because I, if I can show up for myself and treat myself with care, then at least I know that like that's set, yeah. right? yeah. Um, and honestly, getting my nervous system in check included me being away from a very, very, very busy metropolitan city. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I am like very noise sensitive, which yeah. is really in contradiction with yeah. what happens in the city. <laughs> <laughs> Literally noise everywhere. Noise everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then back to your question about like other city comparison. So Oshkosh wasn't going to be for me just because um, – there's just not a lot to do. And I'm very much activity. Yeah. The Midwest, specifically, I would say in that portion of the Midwest, is very family centric. Yeah. My sister lives there. She has three kids. That really is, I would say, part of the part of the makeup of the community there mm -hmm. is that it's really family. And by family, I mean multiple children. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just didn't resonate for me. Like, I'm so happy for my sister, and she's such a good mom. She's such a good mom. Mm -hmm. And I look at how good of a mom she is, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think I could be be that. Wow. And, like, that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. But to have that comparison, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially three kids. I'm like, 
I'm like, girl, you are crazy. And then I think the other one that was definitely like weighing on me was Minneapolis. And when I got there, I was like, oh my God, it feels so good to feel familiar. And it feels so good mm -hmm. um, to be like at a place that, that I know that I could survive. Mm -hmm. But honestly, like when I tried it back on, I feel like I had outgrown it. Yeah. I was going to say, did you feel like, uh, this is familiar, but I'm also past this yes. in a way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then part of me also had had the um, perspective of like, maybe I'll move abroad. So when I went to Europe, mm -hmm. part of me was like, is this something that I want in my life? Because I lived abroad when I was a kid and I've always wanted that experience for myself as an adult. And I don't know if that's coming, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I've always kind of had my my eye on that. And so we went to Greece and Croatia, um, Emily and I, and then I went to Portugal by myself because I was like, I don't know, I've heard great things about Lisbon. Yeah. We all moved to Lisbon. Yeah. And like the second I got there, I was like, nah. Like, <laughs> But it was so good for me to be able to, like I said, try these things on yeah. and realize like what was fitting, what was not. So um, I came back from Europe and it's funny, like the first thing I did that I was just like craving mm -hmm. was like a Target run. I just like, – You were craving Target. I was craving oh, Target so bad. Shit. And I just wanted to like go down the aisles with my cart and mm. just like – because I don't know if you – like in Europe, like there's no ice cubes in the, in the water. Like yeah, it's just a, it's a different living experience, <laughs> right? And like that's cool. But like part of me just wanted that like – yeah. Hyper consumerism. Yeah, That's when you know say, you're like, addicted. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I need to put something in this basket and buy it. And, <laughs> and I wanted Starbucks so bad. <laughs> it's really sad. But, like, <sighs> but it's also not because it made me, like, again, appreciate mm -hmm. the United States, too. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I do like living in this place. Yeah. And some parts of it I like about it you know yeah yeah and that's okay yeah and so i started i got back from europe and i i just felt this kind of like click of like motivation right mm. and i was like okay i've i've answered a lot of the things that i don't want mm -hmm. and it became clear to me and i was in therapy at this time and like when i went to my therapist i was like hey i think i'm gonna go back to la and at least dabble mm-hmm try it on. And she goes, from this, from when you came in here the first day to now, she goes, you had like no plan and you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. And she goes, this is such a glimmer because at least you're starting to create movement. Yeah. And she goes, I know how important that is to you, like being motivated to do mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And so it was really nice to have that perspective as well that like, I felt like I was making improvements, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, but to see it from her perspective was really reassuring. Right, right. Yeah. Do you think, um, well, when you left, did you, were you already kind of in a more consistent, um, like, sessions with your therapist? Or did they increase during that time? Did they, did they decrease? Like, how did you, how did you, how did you work that into your, 
to your kind of, I guess, healing or your period for yourself? Yeah. So I had to find a therapist in Arizona because once you cross state lines, unless they're licensed in both the states. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, So I had to find a new therapist, Mm -hmm. which was honestly, I think when I got there, it was like number one priority. Okay. I think I got there on like a Tuesday and by Thursday I was like scheduling my sessions Okay. because I knew... I knew where I was emotionally and mentally, and I knew that I really needed that support. So I found a wonderful therapist in Arizona, probably one of my most favorite that I've ever had, which is such a blessing. And I do believe that those are such like beautiful um, coincidences that Mm -hmm. kind of like life has your back. But like the first session I went in, I think I just like cried the entire time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Get it out. Yep. Um, but just having that like space for someone to witness you and see you and not have any expectations um, is again, go listen to our episode on therapy, but like, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but I mean, it's so, it's so much, it's needed because like, this is difficult stuff, yeah. right? And like anything else that is related to your body that you may not be as knowledgeable about, like there's experts, there's, there's, there's individuals who their job is mm-hmm. to help you work through things. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that you were able to get on that. And I also know there's like a, you got to have to kind of feel people out, mm-hmm. but when you're in it, mm-hmm. it's like, dang, you, you got to figure that support out real quick because, you know, quote unquote, each day matters, yeah. right? And each interaction matters. Um, but it's even more important that you're on that path and you're taking those steps to, to really work through it. Um, what was the kind of moment that gave you the confidence to kind of like go from, you know, I do want to go try it back on, right? So you were, I don't really know what to do. I don't really know where I want to go. What was the thing that kind of switched it to like, yeah, okay, I'll go try that back. I really don't think it was any like one moment. I think it was the culmination of of the data that I had collected. Mm, okay. And I think one of the things that I also needed to improve on in this time was being patient Patient is patience is my biggest opportunity. Mm-hmm. Always has been. Um, I mean, it comes with some positives. I'm incredibly, um, I'm incredibly discerning, and I can make decisions, and mm-hmm. I stick to them. Yeah. But sometimes that means that I'm rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was that culmination of all the information that I had gathered from like the last four months or so. Mm. So like it's the places I had visited. It's yeah. the people I had interacted with. It's um, being away from L.A. and realizing the value of the things that this place does have to offer. Yeah. And so when I find like when I came to that realization it was easy for easier for me to start putting those building blocks together mm-hmm. because I had the information that I needed. Yeah. And you're not like, you and have I, the information. And I was in no rush, yeah. right? Like my parents were like, stay as long as you want. Yeah, like you we've, we've got you yeah. like, you know, there was no urgency. Mm-hmm. And so without the urgency, it made me feel really confident in being able to do things methodically enough. Yeah that felt right for me got you got you so kind of the perfect mix of things um oh also oh my gosh you know this as you've been to my apartment recently but like one of the things that i realized when i was like on my plane ride back from europe i was thinking okay i was like what does my life look like back 
in the U.S. Because I'm going to be in the U.S. Yep. and I think I'm going to be back in L.A. What does that look like? And I had spoke to like community. And what I realized in my – like I wrote notes. I'm yeah. like, what do I want my life to look like? And one of the things was this sense of community and having a hobby. Like I have – I had been a swimmer my whole childhood. So like I started swimming competitively when I was five. And I swam all the way through high school. So I'd mm. always been part of a community in addition to yeah. my school system or my friends or whatever. Exactly. And then in my early 20s, I had like, I think I'd gotten into like the gym. So like I had that community. Mm -hmm. And then I, in my late 20s, I got really into cycling. So like I was part of a cycling club mm -hmm. in Minneapolis. Yeah. And I realized that it doesn't necessarily have to be like athletics, but I really do like having dimensionality to like what I spend my time on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think what I want to do is take up golf. <laughs> and this sounds, it sounds kind of funny because it's, it's, I don't know. It like sounds. You are a legit golfer now. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about form is on point. She got <laughs> outfits. But, but what's so funny is my ex-husband tried to get me to golf. Mm. And so I got into it like begrudgingly because I was just like, well, if I want to spend any time with him in the summer in Minneapolis, I'm going to have to like golf. And it was like so mm -hmm. part of his like family dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, that reminds me. I called you after this conversation. I was in Vegas for yep. work. And I had the most beautiful conversation with my former sister-in-law. Let that sink in. Okay, so you had a conversation with the sister of the man you divorced. Correct. Shit. So we'll 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 get into that in a little <laughs> like maybe that's a different episode. <clears throat> but I would say that that also added to this healing. Yeah. Of like talking to someone who 10 years ago probably didn't care for me that much and the fact that she showed up and was so open to talk to me and just the healing that I got from that conversation mm. was honestly probably one of the most be beautiful experiences that I've had this year. Wow. And it's really interesting because we had met the year before at this event that goes on in Vegas and she had shared that she had shared with her friend, she goes, I don't know what the purpose of me seeing her. And her friend goes, maybe the reason for seeing her isn't for you. Maybe it's for her. And mm -hmm. it was for me. And yeah. I needed that reflection. And just to have that point of reference again, to be able to see how much change I've made. Mm -hmm. my, my former sister-in-law even said, she's like, you literally like have changed as a person. Yeah. And that was so freaking cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I know when we say six months six of living, months. <sighs> there has been so much going on. But I mean, yeah, but like one of the things I want to also incorporate, um, I know you've made some decisions also in terms of like things that you don't want to uh, things that you no longer want to be a part of your life. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's also a difficult task when people are trying to make changes is mm -hmm. the letting go mm -hmm. um what were some of the things that at least i know it also depends by person right if you're somebody who's like a type a you can make decisions you mm -hmm. can stick to them however 
making a decision on something that you've either been super comfortable with, done a lot, mm-hmm. you're familiar with. Like, how do you let that go? How do you? I am really princi- a very principled person. Mm. And I really, truly believe that you can change things. It is hard. Yeah. But I think having that integrity to myself is probably one of my favorite qualities and the way that I show up for myself. So I stopped drinking this year. Mm. I have not had alcoholic beverages, caveat asterisks. I did drink for two days in Europe. But we know that Europe alcohol hits that different. That don't count. Okay. <laughs> but on U.S. soil, <laughs> I have not had any alcoholic beverages. For me, that is the right choice. Wow. For me, it is has brought so much clarity to my life. Um, it has really, really, really been beneficial. That was that was one mm-hmm. that I've made the change. I said that I would go the full year, mm-hmm. um, and if I do incorporate drinking into my future. That will be on a case by case basis, yeah. but I really want to go this year, and I'm doing a great job. I mean, it's end of September, so like a few, like, months, left, a few yeah. months left. You, you got this. And then I would say the other thing that is just really non negotiable for me at this point is feeling safe in relationships, mm-hmm. and I mean that from romantic relationships. I mean that from friendships. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of safety that I need to feel. And so there are friends that have not continued on this journey with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I, one of the most dysregulating things for me is to feel like I am not safe. Mm-hmm. And what safety looks like for me in my relationships, friendships, romantic, is that you have my back, that I can tell you things. Yeah. And there's a sense of reciprocity. Mm. I mean, that's 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 one of the things that, you know, I admire about you and one of the things that I'm trying to kind of incorporate in my life is to be able to like set those boundaries and and really cut out mm-hmm. um things that don't serve you. Um was it something that you like had conversations with people on or was it just more of like hey, I'm just going to kind of ease this out. I think there was only like two or three that were on the chopping block Mm. and they really just did phase out um, naturally and organically. And I don't, at this point, I don't feel like I owe conversations to those people because I I don't want this to come off like I'm testing someone. That's not it at all. Mm. But I think when you have things that naturally fade away and someone isn't making an effort to re-enter or show up. Yeah. I think that's very indicative of how they saw the relationship to begin with. Yeah. So for instance, like I have a a friend and acquaintance from Minneapolis who has given me time Mm -hmm. and he literally DM me. He's like, Hey, you ready to hang out? And like, it's as simple as that. Like he didn't make me feel bad Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) quite frankly, like, ghosting my life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like just a a a level of acceptance and a level of like hey i i could sense that you're going through something like i'm ready when you are if you want to chill and what i think is so important is two things one when you cut the toxicity out of your life and when you 
when you cut something, some people out of your life, your life is going to seem boring Mm -hmm. and your phone is going to be dry and it's going to feel, you're going to have this like sense of like, oh, where can I get the hit? Uh, Where can I, it's, it's, it's an addiction. Mm -hmm. It's an addiction Mm -hmm. to like the ups and downs, the roller coaster. (laughs) And if you can ride it out and not give into it, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel so much calmer Mm-hmm. and I forgot the other one but <laughs> but I mean that's really like that's, that's it though like, that's yeah like it's gonna seem dull and I think we're so addicted yeah. to we need the hits we need that we need the hits <sighs> I I try in that's the morning crazy. to not look at my phone for the first 30 minutes so that I can get grounded in my day yeah um, but yeah, safety really, really is important. And so ultimately what's so crazy is I decided to move back to LA mm-hmm. and I did it and in, I did it intentionally. So I sublet a place from a, a friend mm-hmm. and for me, it was about finding the right apartment and the right space for me. And I was going to take my time. Yeah. I literally said, you know, you have three months to sublet if you need it. You can go and look at a bunch of apartments, try on some different neighborhoods. Yeah. And ultimately, <laughs> what's so funny is I literally live eight blocks from my former apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I live eight blocks from my former apartment. Yeah. But what feels so good about being back here, about being like in my life now is I have made all of these deliberate decisions. Mm -hmm. My life doesn't look a whole hell of a lot different than when it did when I left, which I think is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've truly decided and let in the things that I want. So Mm -hmm. like I have these mornings now where I'm like, I am doing all of the things that I love and I'm happier. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You can find me at the driving range three to four days a week. In there. <laughs> it is so, so – I mean, you were the first person I saw when I got back to L.A. I literally yeah. – this is this is how George and I this – is, this is why you're my homie. I think I, like, got here at, like, one. And I think we were, like, having dinner by, like, five. <laughs> yeah. That was and even I, that was too long. I was like, George, where are you at? <laughs> went to go – and that's the thing, too, because – I wanted to really get to one, obviously welcome you back and congratulate you from um the work that you're that you did and you're still doing. Um but it's also inspiring. Like, dang, it, it watching somebody make a deliberate decision that's not easy, take time for themselves, like come back to a space, watching that whole arc is it's inspiring, but it's for me personally, it it makes me take a look at myself too mm-hmm. like wow so it's, it's possible mm-hmm. okay so think about the last time that I took time for myself and if if my if I got to sit and think there for a long time it's like oh okay good signal good read and then um i think now i'm more like excited to like what's next for you mm-hmm. right and you know you got your hobbies and things that you're lining up but I think you're going to just move through LA and move through your space. Um, one with obviously more confidence in knowing what you want and what you're willing to allow around you. But um, I also feel like you're 
you're by spending so much time on yourself, you're kind of detached from expectations, mm-hmm. right? And that allows you to again, like, just be more present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a, in a, again in a six month span, <laughs> right? Like, we're not talking about a lot of time here. And I think sometimes these decisions, like, wow, it might be a year, it might be two years, it might mm-hmm. who knows when something is gonna feel better again. Um, but it's kind of being present in each stage, mm-hmm. right? And knowing kind of like, you know, the old saying, this too shall pass, right? Okay, if I'm in the so sad true. past, if I'm in the I can't get out of bed phase, it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. It's not your reality forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like that is, that's inspiring. And, and I'm just so proud of you. It's Thank been you. amazing to watch. Appreciate it. Um, what, what do you think has been the biggest, we'll end on what do you think has been the biggest change in AQ six months ago to, to now? Mm. I would say I don't even know the answer, so I'm excited to hear. Mm. I think a couple <laughs> things. I think you you are getting more patient. <gasps> I, I do, I do, I do. I can speak to that for sure. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Yes, yes, you are getting more patient for sure. But I think you're also. Hmm, how do I put this? Like, I think you're just more optimistic too. Mm. Um, I think there's a difference between. Obviously, like, if you know you want to do something, you know you want to go after something, like, you're going to go get it, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a energy and a um, a flow with it, too, where it's like, I'm looking forward to go doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, you know, apartment searching and hunting is like, you were, you were comfortable kind of in the sublet. You're like, okay, we'll kind of figure yeah. it out. But eventually, like, okay, like, uh-huh. tomorrow I need my space, mm-hmm. right? But I think old AQ, mm-hmm. you would have needed that space probably in route or before you got here on day one. So true. Like, you, it would have been, you know, it would have been um, anxiety producing for you. And mm-hmm. I feel like you were able to just kind of be comfortable in that. And so I definitely noticed that. And I'm like, okay. I do feel in flow. You're yeah. so right. I feel yeah. magnetic. I feel in flow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. It's good to see. It's great to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I have so much love for you. I appreciate all the support. Sure, I'm so glad sure. we are back in the studio. Back in the stew. And please visit our um, Instagram. Yep. And go um, go check us out. We have, uh, like we mentioned earlier, um, some platforms that were, you know, asking from, for some support. If you feel like any of these episodes um, resonate. resonate with you, whether you want to, you know, listen to them or share them with anybody that you oh, know, yeah. share with your friends, uh, share with your friends. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we are also a work in progress in terms of being vulnerable, being comfortable yeah. talking about these things. But I think a lot of the feedback over since we started has been really positive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of given us a little wind in our sails to, to keep going, uh, even if it's hard things, because yeah. that's real life. Got to keep going. Peace. Sure. Peace out, y'all. Thank <music> you.